This episode is sponsored by Amino Complete RX, pharmaceutical grade powdered collagen, enzymatically pre digested. Uh, it's quickly absorbed by the body to immediately begin using as fuel. It's something that I rec. It's one of my favorite products. It's something I recommend to anyone that tells me they're they're starting their their life over, they're trying something new, or they're just trying to get things back in order. They've had a, a rough holiday, a rough set, whatever, and just trying to get things back in line. It's always the first thing I start them with, um, and it's something that uh, that I, I, I get all of my friends and family going. Enjoy. If you listen closely, you can hear the voices. You can hear them whisper the legacy to you. Go on, lean in. From somewhere deep inside the evergreen forests of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> Everything you know is wrong. Wrong, sir. Wrong. With Jeremy Horn. We're an inhuman monster. I said good day. Hello, young souls, and welcome to episode two of Everything You Know Is Wrong with Jeremy Horn. That's me. I'm your host. And this episode actually leans on my background in stand-up comedy. This is uh, my friend, Danielle Gregoire, who I remember years ago when uh, when she told me, when she first moved to Seattle and told me that she was um, creating a, a room, uh, uh, um, performance space, I think is, is, is a more familiar term for people, where that would be uh, catering more to voices that don't always necessarily get uh, get their say in the in the in the in the greater zeitgeist or in the in in the media and so it was a it was a place where where women uh people of color transgender homosexual anyone that that doesn't necessarily always have their voice served it was a place where they could go and 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 perform and, and have a space available to them to maybe even try stand up comedy for the first time um and so uh since then her, I don't want to, I don't necessarily her idea, but her, her, her version, her creation of that has really taken form. And now there are what they call safe rooms opening up all throughout the country, uh, giving more voices to a more diverse group of people, which is a fantastic thing. Uh, however, uh, comedy by its very nature, uh, is unsafe. Even a child's knock knock joke, you're basically taking the rug out from the other party. Is there's the 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 the, the listener, the audience is always going to be in a state of of unsure unsureness of of un of no expectations. And so, by I believe that the term safe space has kind of given rise to people having a misperception of what they actually are. I think a lot of people believe that a safe space means that you can't say certain words or certain topics or taboo and cannot be covered. It's actually what Danielle ended up creating is a space with a very particular audience and that audience knows what they like to hear. So you can use any word you want as long as you use it skillfully. Um, if you are a moron with a hammer, you can't call yourself a, a craftsman. And so I believe in in making something that, that she, she created to allow um, uh, new and, and, and maybe very unsure voices to kind of to have a place where they can share she ended up creating uh, a very difficult comedy room, which any comedian can respect. Comedian, if you're a good comedian, you love a good, tough room with an audience that knows what it's want. If you're a bad comedian, you're going to go there, you're going to eat it, you're going to bomb, and you're going to 
talk bad about it and you're going to resent it. And I noticed that most of the people I hear talking bad about safe rooms are usually not good comedians. It's always terrible, terrible comedians. And of course, you bombed in yet another room. Why are you so surprised? Uh, the people that I know that are very good comedians, that are excellent comedians, that have done difficult safe rooms have said that was a challenge for me. I'm used to doing clean, um, but I'm, um, it was a good way for me to kind of work on my skill set to maybe uh, uh, cater to more perspectives than, than even I do in, in, my, in, my, in my daily, uh, in my whatever, my road work. So I've talked to some very good comedians that said they, that, they, that safe rooms were completely different from what they expected, and it actually made them a stronger comedian because it made them uh, have to uh, give voice or, or, or attract uh, a broader audience than they might nor- normally see um, being on the road 50 days a year. So anyway, this is our discussion about how she formed the room and, and where it came from, and uh, I thought it was a phenomenal insight into something that some person just had a vision, and that vision just took a life of its own, and, and whenever somebody tries something new, you're always going to have your critics and doubters, but it's interesting to hear uh, from her perspective the real story of what went down versus the way people perceive it went down, and what she does versus what people think we do so without further ado that is just my dumb take on it and uh i'll let you listen to danielle's excellent take on it uh enjoy the episode well welcome what do you think treetop tavern here this is incredible i this is something i would have dreamed of making as a child really yeah oh for sure like living in a treehouse that's what i wanted to do this seems like almost too ostentatious for your background though. it's it's fairly (laughs) ostentatious no that's true the 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 treehouse that we built i picture you climbing up a tree like a jaguar and just picking a branch and flopping over like snoopy Mm -hmm. well we built like (laughs) they weren't treehouses they're platforms and trees so you could like shoot animals from them yeah yeah Yeah, that's how i like to start my conversations just being like you know hunting from a tree um yeah mm-hmm. hey how's it going jeremy <laughs> good good to see you danielle good to see you mm-hmm. well let's get right into this okay i'm curious mm-hmm. um when you, when you started the comedy womb what yeah. f- five five years ago no i wish it does feel like that long because there's so many women yeah. involved in comedy now yeah. no it, it, i started i conceived a bit in 2012 and it started 2013 april first wow that's all yeah that's amazing right yeah i know I'm trying to think about when we were talking, when we were first starting and talking about starting. Yeah. It, and it seemed mm-hmm. like, God, only three years ago? Less than three years, yeah, two and a half? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, more than that. It was, I think, because, yeah, because we're on 2016 now. Yeah. So it's been three full years. Of actual that, f- yes. up and running. Right. As, and as I ran it for almost two and a half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is, I think there's a lot of misconceptions for people about what a safe room is. Oh, of course. And I never say safe. I always say safer because I can't eliminate yeah. electrical outlets. Right, yeah, right? yeah Or yeah. that guy who like walks into the room on coke because right. that just happened in my room too. Yeah. yeah. But that's the problem is perspective. Mm. You right. Know what I mean, people hear and immediately tr- it, it, it triggers a response. Oh, yeah. Heaven forbid other people get to feel safe in a room. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, okay. And I think just mm-hmm. because like the, the terminology itself is wrong. So right. it's kind of like, wrong. Yeah. So it's like um, dehydration. Like when you see like a... Um, Olympic athlete, mm-hmm. marathoner collapse. Totally. From dehydration. Yeah. What do you give them? Water. No. No, no See? water? Minerals. Minerals. Water dehydration. Oh, yeah, no, faster. fair. Totally. See? So the term itself yeah, yeah, yeah. implies water. You right. see what I'm saying? Dehydration. Exactly. Yes, exactly. Whereas that's the worst thing you give them. You got to get those minerals and smelling salts in them quick, right? Right. So this is the same idea where I think people have this concept that mm-hmm. safe room, because it's now been labeled. You know right. I mean? Well, they labeled labeled. it. I never exactly. labeled it. You never. Yeah, no. Yeah. I was just like, hey, this is, it's reserved for half women and half people who want to come support that. But I think that's where the, mm-hmm. that's where the, the deviation comes from. Yeah. Is that you never gave it that label. Mm-hmm. The label was on it yeah so i think there's there's a difference between what it is and what it is perceived to be exactly so i think people when they hear safe room or hear what it is mm-hmm. they assume that the audience is 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 protected 
from what they're going to hear right. or what they're going to know. And it's mm-hmm. just like, no, 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 no. This is not to protect the audience. No, well, it, it, it it's a mediated space, right? So right. the audience knows that I, when I ran it, that I had it under control. It's that if policed. someone, well, like not a police. Well, I mean, a police like, in a good way. I mean, gently, like a high, like a high quality club. Right, you know, exactly. there's no tolerance for nothing. Like right. the second well, you people up, there, you're gone. There yeah. is tolerance. Like I know that people make mistakes. Right. So like a, a comic comes in and says something not terribly awesome, either I have one that he would self-ban all of the time. He'd be like, oh, I should have done that <laughs> the thing about yoga pants and camel toe. I'm like, no, probably not. Good for him. He gets it. Yeah, no, he got it. And like, and that was the thing is that I'm a teacher. So it was a teaching space also because a mm-hmm. lot of comics who hadn't been around women mm. ever. <laughs> yeah, really. Right. Yeah. Um, saw them as not uh, colleagues. Right. They saw them as like people to hit on or mm-hmm. uh, threat mm-hmm. to their masculinity mm-hmm. and all this stuff where I was like, hey, if we all just get together and hang out and we like treat each other like coworkers, then it's going to be better. It's going to be better. We're all going to do this together and and, you know, and work together mm-hmm. because you're a teacher. Did you did you create the idea initially mm-hmm. um, as a response to what you were seeing or were you simply trying to uh, because a, a comedy is vast majority of 90% white male. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm making up numbers, but it's right. overwhelmingly especially in Seattle. Especially in Seattle, way yeah. in Seattle. Mm-hmm. A predominantly white male oriented. Right. So was it as a response to it that? It was a response. Well, originally when I first started in Seattle cuz I came out of a spoken word poetry culture in in Canada and in Ottawa, and that culture was uh, predominantly young black men in their 20s in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. And there weren't a lot of women either. So mm-hmm. I was already coming out of a culture where I was used to hanging out with dudes and I mean, spoken word poets are different than comedians, mm-hmm. too, because they tend to be more thoughtful, <laughs> right? They're looking for, like, the poetry and things and, like, the, the thoughtfulness. And that spiteful, cynical. <laughs> right, exactly. And I've been watching comedy. Like, I've wanted to be a comedian since I was 14 years old and mm-hmm. saw this kid do a, a routine at band camp. Wow. In front of a thousand, like, original material. Thousand. Original material, really? He original material. No, uh-uh. wow. no, he was doing original material in front of a thousand kids, and he, he for five minutes, crushed. Is it Rick Hunkler? No, it was not Rick Kunkler. His name was Jesse Richards. And like he was the actually when I joined Facebook in like 2006, he was the first person I sought out. And I was like, he's got to be a comedian now because he was so funny. Like I dated him. I went up to him after and I was like, we should date. Yeah. Because I was just like taken by how funny he was. And and that was comedy to me. He's not a comedian, is he? He, He's a Ren Fair guy. Um, Ah, nice. Right? But I mean, like he's (laughs) still an upgrade. Still a significant upgrade. Yeah, performative arts. Exactly. And so, yeah. (laughs) Higher up on the rung. Right. And it took me 20 years. And I watched comedy. I would watch comedy specials. I would go to open mics. And I didn't feel comfortable Mm. ever Mm -hmm. getting on stage until I moved to Seattle. Mm Mm-hmm. And I went to Scratch Deli. Well, you didn't feel proc. comfortable getting on stage in front of in front of for a comedy audience, right? I I, per- di- I performed on stage as a spoken word poet for ten years. It's a different type of. It is well, crowd, yeah. There's an expectation. Exactly. You need to make people laugh as yeah. a spoken word poet. You, you get the leeway, have... plenty, of, nothing but leeway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You can just make someone go, oh, and yeah. it's that's that's success for you. Right. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to make someone laugh every yeah every minute, yeah. every thirty yeah. seconds, yeah, once per minute. Yeah. Um. But so when I moved here, uh, I actually found a room that I felt comfortable in. And it was like People's Republic of Comedy. Oh, yeah. Yep. And uh, the guy who ran it, Tristan Devon, uh, when I said, I'm feeding a baby until like 630 at night. I can't sign up and get there like mm. on time. And he made sure he was like, I think your voice is important mm. and I want you to start here. And he would make it easy for me. And he would put me on the list when I got there. And I felt so comfortable. And two months after I started, 
he killed himself. Oh, is that when he's, he was a spectacular human being. He was a spectacular human being. And so I was like, huh? Yeah. Should I quit this art form that I just fell in love with? Interesting. Well, not just fell in love with, but just started. Just started. Yeah. Or like, I mean, he was depressed. So it wasn't like he killed himself to get rid of new comics. So that's a brilliant scheme. (laughs) Um, there's a few bookers here. I wish we'd do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but Me like, included. So, <laughs> dark. Yeah, Good. it's super dark. I know. But it, it's just like, I, and I was like, no. And so I decided to go, you know, to a club and, and check it out. And I signed up and I, I didn't quite know how it worked and I didn't have any friends. So I couldn't bring people because right, right, right. I just moved to America. Right. I had literally no friends except for comedians because right. I started comedy right out of the gates. I moved here, quit spoken word poetry, started comedy. Mm. So you weren't balancing both. You were just like, I'm going. No, I, I, nice. you have to quit cold you turkey. To, if you're going to commit to an art form, yeah, you have to commit That's to an art curious. form. That's what I was curious. Yeah, it's the only way. Yeah, no. And I was going out just Fridays at first. Mm-hmm. And then that escalated once I finished breastfeeding my baby. And then my husband could put my children to sleep on his own. I was going out three, four nights a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first time I went to a club to sign up, I signed up and I noticed there was me and one other woman female identifying person and i watched like 13 straight white dudes go up and then i went to the bathroom the lights were out in that washroom apparently it's on a timer like i I just didn't trigger the sensor but i was peeing in the dark and i was like no (laughs) this is not cool first of all that i'm sitting in the dark in a club and i'm there are mostly men here and then i walked back out and i talked to my friends my cohort of comedians who were three dudes three really thoughtful feminist liberal dudes and i said i'm starting my own show and they're like you can't do that Mm -hmm. you've been doing this for like three months and Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah but i ran shows at a national level for 10 years Mm -hmm. like comedy is so much easier it's incredibly easy to to produce i mean if you are already a producer i've yeah i have a friend of mine who was um he was the head of events at uh, caesar's palace Mm -hmm. massive operation right so he's you know, Celine Dion, yes, this and that, right? Yeah. Rock shows, this mm-hmm. and that. So then when they have comedians come and perform, yeah. he was like, I would take the night off. Yeah. I would turn the mic on. Totally. You know, he's used to doing plays on exactly. Broadway. This night. Turn yeah. the mic on, walk out, come back later, two hours later, show's over, great. Yeah. Let's uh-huh. pack it up. Exactly. So well, and yeah. people know what comedy is. Yeah, it, the, yeah they know already... what they're getting, what to expect. Yeah. Slam poetry, I had to explain it every time yeah. that it wasn't like a wrestling poetic <laughs> art form. Um, and so... That would be tight. That would be awesome. Poetry and wrestling. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Write that down. I feel like that's where it started. <laughs> that's where poetry slam yeah. started in a wrestling ring um so it's already been done but and so like and then i watched i didn't get up that night i watched another like mm-hmm. 17 dudes go up it was like 31 and i was guys not a single woman so both of us and when i talked to the manager that night because i was curious mm-hmm. and he said uh what's your name oh danielle it's, this is not about tokenism it's about percentages and i was like okay well i'll just change the percentages then mm. And I, I, but because of the percentages, wouldn't it seem like uh, it's not like you would get preferential treatment? But wouldn't it, wouldn't, he, wouldn't because of the percentages, wouldn't you want to mix it up more? Wouldn't that be the intent? I feel like yes. Yeah, but so this is a logic. common perception where it's like there's seventy guys waiting. Mm-hmm. There's only two of you, so we have to take from the pool of gendered. And sorry, you just you don't make a dent, and we're not going to put you up. That's um, so weird. Yeah, because if it was if it was twenty twenty. Same looking people in a row. Somebody with puppets. I'm like, I don't really care for puppet comedy, but let's see what the puppet guys got. Right. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. put him up fourth. Let's see what happens. Totally. Why not? I That's know. Weird. Yeah. Diversity is what I'm about. Sure. I love watching other people's stories. I don't want to see a bunch of me's go up. I want to see a few of me and a few. Yeah. So I was um, Canadian angry. <laughs> um, and I really like, I needed to know that I was going to get up when I would go out. So this wasn't like altruistic. Mm-hmm. 
I wanted right. a show so that I could get three my three minutes of time if I was going to leave my babies mm-hmm. and go all the way to a comedy club. I'm not just going to sit there right. and watch 31 dudes go up. Mm-hmm. I want to get on stage. Mm-hmm. That's I'm committed. Right. And I was so committed that I was like, let's see. How do you do this? How do you mobilize um, people to both come watch women do comedy mm-hmm. um, and like also get women on stage because there wasn't like when I first started I was probably about eight or nine of us that, mm-hmm. that were consistently going out oh, to I mics. remember those are the golden years <laughs> <laughs> um, and like and so I was just like I didn't see myself represented on stage and I and I went with like this multi-tiered sort of move which I had done I started a spoken word poetry movement in a uh, rural Ontario. Was it simply seeing other women or other women that had a similar perspective? That what, what I was I looking for? Yeah. Just any women any would women, have been just nice. Period, right? Period. Just to see women, period. Totally, gotcha. period. Gotcha. Yeah. Just like represented un- at all. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense, yeah. Right. So I was like, yeah, sure. And I messaged my friend Deanne Smith, who's been doing comedy for like 15 years or whatever. And I remember seeing her when she was like six months in, um, like way back. And She's, I said, is it egotistical of me to want to start a show to like, get people like me on stage? And she was like, do it. And if it fails, it fails. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, then you've got something. Yeah. So I had to like talk to every single person I met for the next three months. I had to encourage people to come to workshops. Like I was teaching workshops in an art form that I didn't understand necessarily, like yeah. how to do it. That's bold. Um, it's weird. It was bold and <laughs> weird. Bold. But yeah. I brought in comics. I brought right. in like Yogi Palawal mm-hmm. and uh, Leah Mansfield mm-hmm. to teach them. Mm-hmm. I just provided a space. Right. And I was like, hey. Uh, and then those were all female workshops. Mm, gotcha. So I brought them in and I was like, we need at least 10 women for our first mic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I need to make comics show. Yeah, out of nothing. Create them. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you're creating monsters. It was, yeah, it was. And I mean, these are people who were interested, yeah. who were like theater majors and stuff, mm-hmm. but Wanted, okay. who were interested in comedy. Experimenting, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so they populated the first mic. And I'd say half of them are still doing comedy now. Oh, is that right? Three That's years a later. Tremendous ratio. Right? Tremendous. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Lindsay Leonard, Mitch Mitchell, um, Sadie Blake. I'm trying to think of who it's else. A good is lineup. Yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And the first first mic. And yeah, that's and amazing. It was it was great. And so that's how we started. And that was that first audience was had sixty people in it yeah. who would never have watched comedy. Right. Right. Ever. But they were believed in this dream that I had, which yeah. was like, let's change what it looks like out there. I remember we were in Chinese food and you were telling me about this. And I was oh like, yeah, that's fantastic. right. And then a couple of weeks later, sixty people I'm like perfect. Right. Perfect. Yeah. And it continued Easy. to be that big yeah. because we There's, there was obviously a need and obviously. A yeah, purpose, yeah. It, there was a purpose, and the stranger came out. My friend Aisha Farhood, who's also a comedian, uh, she was like my silent partner, and she mm-hmm. refused to take any credit. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, she messaged the stranger and was like, "We need you to come out to our first shows." And mm-hmm. they came out three shows in a row mm-hmm. and wrote this piece um, because there was a kid who came in. This is before I pre-booked the show. This is mm-hmm. when I was still signing gotcha. it up, like open mic style. Yeah. And he came down and he was like, oh, I just went up. There's a literary mic upstairs. I'm looking for the comedy open mic. And I was like, okay. And I mean, like I saved 10 spots for women and 10 spots for dudes. And you know what I mean? Like that's how it started. It was like half and half. When you say kid, how old? 21. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. he, he, he was sure. very young. Yeah. Um, and was he, it Ray Conkler? No. <laughs> <laughs> this kid, I don't know if he's still doing comedy today. Cause we, he came in, he did a set, which, uh, denigrated prostitutes uh denigrated women who wanted to give him hand jobs he was like why would i 
why would I get a hand job from a woman and I could do it ourselves? If a woman offers me yeah. a hand job, a cracker in the face. Oh, good joke. Solid. Solid yeah. joke. Solid joke. Right. Yeah. I let him at that you, point. You can really was, see the writing. He was 30 <laughs> seconds in and I let him and he's like, what? I got the light already? You can really see the writing. Well, was he doing it with a, some sort of like trying to be charming or was he with an aggression? Like a it clear, was an aggression. It was a clear, clear aggression. A clear he was aggression, trying to get those demons but out. But I think he was also trying to look at it in a different manner. Like, mm. you know what I mean? That's what open mic comedy right, right, is about. Because right. his closer was like, date rape why would i date a woman if i was gonna rape her mm-hmm. you know that was his closer to, yeah yeah right and you're just like uh but mm-hmm. the stranger reporter was there that oh, night and that's all they saw but no but the audience didn't give him anything they didn't mm-hmm. laugh at a single right. joke he would have gotten some sort of laughter for those jokes at a comedy club yeah. because there would have been some dudes in the audience who'd been like yeah rape is hilarious you just said the r word i'm so excited right like that happens but also a lot of people laughter is like a it's like a it's like is a, it nervous yeah, yeah so when some people are super uncomfortable they'll laugh even totally. if they don't think it's funny just exactly. because yeah. they feel empathetic like stop it they and not in this room it was absolutely silent i have yeah. it on video oh really you yeah. have it nice uh-huh. oh, i still have it and nice. i never say the kid's name because he doesn't deserve any respect for the shit that he did that night but when he walked off the stage this is the thing about safe for space i was like hey dude did you not know this is like a woman friendly room mm-hmm. and he was like oh no i didn't know i'm so sorry like i didn't know wow he's actually apologetic right and, and i gave him a hug and i was like come back if you want and like try something new it's not about did he no oh see no no that no. because that guy wasn't shit then apparently he was at a bus stop with a friend of mine, like my friend Isaac was hosting that night and he gets a text and he was like, did some kid just do some rape material at the open mic you're at? Mm-hmm. And Isaac was like, why? He's like, I'm going to bust up with this kid who's like, I was too raw for them. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, yeah, I was probably that kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. He never came back. I've never seen him anywhere That's that after that night. That, no. that, that with the posters, you know, right. the bad boy of comedy. Exactly. Too raw. Yeah, oh, no, God. I've never ever seen him Not ever again. Not even in Seattle. Not so in a small Seattle. town. Interesting. Yeah, 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 oh. yeah. And I went to every mic. Like I, my whole thing was to like go to as many mics as possible collect as many people i had I that, had... that kid is now a therapist he's yeah. now a professional well, psychiatrist I hope, so. I hope so but yeah so and then the stranger recommended the comedy room for a year every tuesday oh in their because they saw weekend. that reaction they saw the mm-hmm. way that the room self police itself yeah interesting totally yeah. and so that that drew people and my show was packed mm-hmm. every night mm-hmm. for a year like i had to like put up two shows a night because i was getting right, I 80 that. people i remember a night. that when it shifted yeah. shifted right yeah. and i was like i have to i have to do something because i'm getting way too many people and there are too many comics mm-hmm. and i didn't want to stop putting men up mm-hmm. i wanted this to be a movement that everyone believed in like the people who believed in otherwise believed. what's the point right yeah. for me it was yeah. that was the point for me is yeah. that um and i remember this one comic she said that it was a radical act to like include men in a feminist movement. And I was like, in a good way, she was yeah, like, this is a good thing like yeah. that you are allowing people who normally wouldn't be exposed. But it's still, to that's a movement. Like, but it's still, mm-hmm. it's even in a good way. That seems counterproductive because like you said, I wanted women to be included. So yeah. I went into this male dominated yeah. field to bring more women in. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, well, here's feminism. We don't want any men. Right. Well, wait, but that's that, missing yeah. the point. But we, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was, yeah. But the, this person was very excited about feminism that included men. Right. So right. she was like, I want to do, yeah, why I want to do not? right exactly. exactly. I want to do yeah. time here because I want I want my friends to be allowed to come in here and stuff right. too. Right. So I was in the middle, which which pissed off both sides, mm-hmm. like yeah. people who were like this should be an all women room, and people who were like this should. Anytime not you exist. try to please both sides, you get nailed. You get crucified. Right, yeah. and I didn't try to please both sides. I, I'm a socialist, so I'm mm-hmm. like whoever wants to come here and belong here, mm-hmm. you are welcome. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like I had a comic who I remember him tweeting about it he was like i can do uh 
rooms like Daryl's Tavern and I can do the comedy womb. And he was really proud of like being able to work both muscles or whatever. And, uh, um, I mean, eventually he and I had a falling out because I kept on being like, is your material going to be comedy womb safe? Cause I was never, ever sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I would hear the shit that he would say right, at other right. clubs, but he was really good in my room. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. His son, some of his funniest material was done in my room because Would it you, was accessible. Do you think he adjusted the material? He did. So the, that's what you're supposed to do. So yeah. Knows, well, that's yeah. it. You Play have to work rooms. an audience. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Seattle's actually incredibly spoiled in mm-hmm. that. Uh, so when I was booking rooms, we would book rooms and that's a nice thing. So the guys that I started up with in, in, in giggles, Andrew Slater's and guys like that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. when they went down to LA, they would say you're now with the best in the country. Right. right? So they would grow up at open mics, which mm-hmm. down there is open mics are basically pure professionals. Right. right. Yeah. And so they would go to these open mics and it was like, I was best comic. And this guy just crushes. Right. And he's mm-hmm. used to seeing his name in headlines right. everywhere. Yeah. Right. So then in LA, these people are, are used to watching movie stars eat lunch. So they're not impressed by anything. Nothing. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here you are trying to impress these people at a free show. So they didn't yeah. pay for it. And everyone's tuned out. You really have to be right. Yeah, you have to and, work hard. Yeah, and this mm-hmm. guy's used to everybody seeing his name in lights. Yeah. And he's just eating it, right? Mm-hmm. And so our giggles guys are pacing the room, you know, Lucas Ely and Jeff Dad. They're pacing yeah. the room, being like, oh my God, put me next. Put yeah. me next. Totally. Because at first you're intimidated because, yeah. like, well, here we are in LA. Let's see what we can do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this guy doesn't know how to handle this group. Right, exactly. Come on. Yeah. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Because in, in Seattle, because it's we've got so, so diverse. It's hard to make people know. laugh too in Seattle. Yeah. You got you to gotta get, you got to get, in, 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 there's intelligent crowds. Yes. So they're, 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 they're big thinking people. Right. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, uh, Bellevue in the East. Side, right. which is just typical middle-class America. Mm-hmm. You know totally. What I mean? yep. A different sensibility. Tacoma. And then you, then you got Tacoma, mm-hmm. which is going to have a different sensibility. And then you've yep. got all of the East yep. and, and clubs out, out in Milton and things oh, like that. Oh, for sure. Totally. That small town. Yeah. That are small Dave's town. Dave's in Milton. I love that Absolutely, club. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Biker, we've, I've done shows at biker bars yep, and I stuff did, like yeah, that where they yeah. hate you. And then mm-hmm. 10 minutes later, they're like, yeah, we really enjoyed yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah, why yeah. did you grimace at me for the first nine minutes and catch on board with the one? I love the diversity of mics that we have. So you've tried. You've seen everything. Nothing surprised you. You went on to LA, New York. You're like, yeah, I've seen this before. Exactly. Yeah. And we did the comedy woman took a tour up to LA right like mm-hmm. we hit uh Olympia and Portland and San Francisco and LA and my favorite thing that I did on that trip was uh host um a mic in LA near Skid Row mm-hmm. and there was not a single person in the audience and there were like three comics who would come up from the smoking area outside to wait for their sets and I was just like, this is like an audition just for me. Weird. <laughs> and yeah. I'd be like, if you're funny, maybe I'll bring you to Seattle. Sure. I pay people to do shows. I was at the time uh, producing the big shows for like Aparna and Cameron Esposito and mm-hmm. like paying people a thousand dollars to come out mm-hmm. and paying their hotel and their travel and stuff. So I'm like, I legitimately, if you're funny, maybe I'll bring you to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And so they were like kind of auditioning, but their dudes would go up there and they wouldn't get a laugh because there was literally no one to laugh at them. Right, right. And they would get off the stage dejected. And I'm like, like you... You did pretty good. Yeah. You, you, that was funny, but mm-hmm. there's not going to be any laughs yeah. because there's not a single member in the audience. And I think Seattle, we are also spoiled because we do have audiences. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people want to come out to comedy in Seattle. And so many places to perform. Uh, so many places to perform. A lot of comics that I know that are doing extremely well and writing for TV and stuff like mm-hmm. that didn't get their chops in Seattle. No. Is there so many open mics and so many opportunities that everyone here gets spoiled. So yeah. they go to other cities and get crushed. Crushed, yeah, And they exactly. come back here and they're like, mm-hmm. I had no idea. It's like, yeah, Minneapolis doesn't want to hear from you. No. After two weeks, they're like, yeah, we heard what you got, Seattle. See ya. You yeah, know what I mean? totally. You got to be writing new material mm-hmm. daily. All the time. Here. Yeah, topically. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Here it drives me nuts. We're like, uh, I did perform at a club and uh, some young comic was like, man, uh, I really enjoyed yourself. I was like, oh, thanks. He's like, uh, I've only seen you at open mics and you're always terrible. 
And I'm like, that's because it's an open mic. That's where open. you're working things out. Exactly. I'm like, I go up to open mics to bomb my face off to find out what work doesn't work so I can chuck it off. Exactly. Right? But it, that's what drives me nuts is that only in Seattle, when I go to other places I never see, is only in Seattle do I see people two, three years later doing their A material at the open mics. Right, exactly. Because there's so many mics available yes. that you can just keep bouncing around exactly. and doing that same. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. And, and people will do that. Like when people come to the comedy womb, they would see a full packed audience and they were like, oh, well, I'm not going to try new material. I want to make these people laugh. Tried and true. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. And I'm like, it's well, a, it's I a natural guess. instinct. I guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. uh huh. But I, yeah, I still like to do new material at mics. It's. Have you noticed the? I don't know if it's the audience mm-hmm. or the or the or the because of the the the, the way that the room has grown in s- scope. Yeah. Where audiences are getting more hard, difficult, not difficult in a bad way, but difficult meaning they're they're expecting a better product or they push the product. Yeah, further. no, that is true. They are. Yeah, yes. Yeah. The I comedy womb. I feel like people will often bring those stuff that they've worked out at other mics to the to the womb because there is going to be an actual audience. Is that the way you want it? No, that's not. I mean, that's not wasn't my intent. It wasn't your intent. No, uh-uh. but I mean, that's fine because I did bring an actual audience and my shows were never bringer shows. Mm-hmm. They were the kind of shows you want to bring your friends to, but not the shows you had to bring your friends to. But, that was the difference. But Exactly. But right. I don't see that as a bad thing. No, it it's wasn't. Because, no, it was. Yeah. An, it, was, it accidentally became a little club. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. which, which, With three minute sets. Right. Which yeah. to me is only a good thing is because like uh, there's certain rooms that are known nationally that started yeah. out in a little town. And yeah. now the, uh, the, the, the Ding Ho over in Boston mm-hmm. started out just like Jai Tai. Right. And then all of a sudden all the best in the world are coming in there totally so you've been sweet enough to offer me to perform yeah and i never really had any interest in doing it not mm-hmm. because because like i love uh 90 of my clients professionally are yeah. women you right. know what i mean I exactly did, i did a talk mm-hmm. in washington athletic club for, yes. for 200 women on menopause yes. you know what i mean yeah. 200 menopause women room me mm-hmm. easy right? yeah exactly it's, women are super communicative very very simple to work right. with mm-hmm. but the the only thing that interests me in comedy is the challenge you right know what i mean yeah and to me it's oh the, people felt it was easy it's not easy because people would go up and bomb all the time i know i know and yeah that's like, it was not an easy room but if you're funny it's an easy room exactly. because they wanted to laugh they, they wanted to, to support you they want to be on they board. were on side they were like more like an improv audience where they were mm-hmm. they were there see what you're working out exactly see what you're and you were failing was fine yeah and people felt it like a and i feel like that there was this like misconception that it was a really easy room because the people would walk in and they were laughing, but it's because people were doing their best material right, in front right, of that right. audience. Oh, they yeah, weren't yeah. doing open yeah. mic material. And yeah. so they were getting like a solid show of 20 comics doing their best three, right. one after another. Right. And that audience was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Right. This is what comedy is. And I'm like, well, <laughs> uh, it's not what an open mic is. Right, right, right. right. The, and people would, would say it's not an open mic. And I'm like, you're right. It's a curated open mic. But that's the thing is the best open mic. I mean, Tacoma's doing it now. Mm-hmm. For a while, Laughs had oh, the no, best. I know. By far had the best open mic now because uh-huh. it was a meritocracy, which yeah. I think is what the womb has now become, mm-hmm. it, which I think is only a good thing because you don't get better by practicing against your same level you nope. gotta have better exactly and better well and the whole thing was based on the pro-am rooms in canada at yuck yucks so you would oh, go yeah, yuck so the, yeah. the amateurs would go up yeah and then you would get to see a professional exactly and that is what i was like that's the best this is the whole point this mm-hmm. was professional development you come here you stay the whole show and you get to see a professional comic go up yeah and often sometimes it'll be your friend who's been working two years mm-hmm working their butts off to make a good 20 and they'll go up in front and you'll be like, wow, I didn't realize you'd gotten so good. And you're like, no, but I wanted to mix it up. So like a part in Antirla came down to the womb mm-hmm. to do two shows just when it was an open mic. She did. She did the the feature set. She at was, the end. Wait, wait, wait. She was invited as a guest, or she just came down. She she was invited as a guest. Okay, I paid okay. her like two hundred fifty dollars a show. Okay, which okay. is more than I could probably afford at the time. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I did it, and it was She's really, great. She needed the. She needed to sharpen her swords as well. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah. She crushed in that yeah, she's room. Fantastic. That was her she's room. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then so, and then I brought her back. Seattle to the, gets her. 
Oh, so good. There are so yeah. many New York comics. I feel like New York is actually much more able to perform for a Seattle room mm-hmm. than LA is. Mm-hmm. I've noticed mm-hmm. because LA is more performance based. It's performance based, and uh, they <laughs> aren't as sensitive mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. cultural issues. As, right. Uh, right. Right. Yeah. Like it's still okay to say use stereotypes. Yeah. In in, in LA. <laughs> um, and but in New York, it's like. Uh, so this Muslim guy, whoa, it's whoa. like, no, 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 it's my roommate. Yes. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, okay, totally. gotcha. yeah, it's exactly. New York, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. and so it's different, yeah. but like I feel, yeah, mm-hmm, <laughs> that a lot of the time when I bring up New York comics that they, they're they able to handle a Seattle room. Because Seattle and, is, and, and my audience is completely different than another audience. And Right, right. And New York is like Boston used to be where you can go up a few times a night and yes. try it from, so you're oh, getting yeah. so many different exposures. I, and, I went there for a week and I was going up three times you, a night. Yeah, so you're not burned out by, no. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. You go and to like a new environment rooms. and you're like, so what? Oh, Let's check so it out. so good. I, had, yeah. I loved New York. Yeah. Like if I didn't have children, I would move <laughs> to New York in a heartbeat. I love Seattle, but it's just, there is like, you, it, there's so many people that you don't feel as visible Okay. Right. Like right. here, people know who I am. Right. And like they're like, "You're a producer." And often when they're like crediting me, they'll they will never put comedian after my name. Right. They and I've been doing it for four years. Yeah. yeah. And I'm never ever going to get the comedian uh, moniker because yeah. it's going to be she produces shows. She's right, a producer. Right. Yeah. And the reason I produce shows is because I wanted to do comedy. Yeah. And then I was like, "Oh, I'm really good at producing because I've been doing it for I'd been doing it for about 15 years when I moved here." Beforehand, that's right. Beforehand, yeah, 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 films, yeah. that I'd started producing shows when I was sixteen years do people, old. Do you think people realize the actual work it takes to produce shows? Oh, I know they don't. They don't at all, do they? Right? No, yeah, no, because yeah. people would. When I got here, people would complain that uh, the media was ignoring them. Yeah, the media <laughs> that they didn't like comedy, and I was like, "You're, you're, I, you're we, so important." <laughs> we wrote one press release, and they came to our show. You yeah. don't understand yeah. is that you have to put a press release out because they don't know you exist exactly the media doesn't have the money to find you anymore comedians are also narcissistic we're like how come i'm not getting my due how come i'm not getting right because you didn't put any work in it's amazing there's you put the show together but you didn't ask the media to come that's what we're, that's yeah. the missing well, people, piece people think i'm being a, a, a crankcase when i when i bash people right but mm-hmm. it's because like i was like i like you personally that's why i'm bashing you because i'm furious at you right yes so yeah. there's comedians that like when me, me and nam were booking we'd come to come to us and say well you never blah, or, or we see them on facebook and mm-hmm. posting like like mm-hmm. I never get blah 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 complaining or like we invited you to a show. Yeah, you showed up drunk, right? Late, totally unprepared, right? And we're friends with you. No, so not only do we not want to book you, yeah. is that now we're like I don't feel like hanging out with that guy anymore. Do exactly. You? You know what yeah, I mean? professional and yeah. nice. I remember the woman who who co owns Laughs. She's incredible, Angela Dennison. Angela, yeah. Oh, I love her, and she's been one of my mentors. And she used to come down to the womb to actually look for like genuinely. Genuinely, exactly. her and Dave would come down and they would watch the shows and they'd be like, hey, which person do you think we should put up at last? Right. Like, They're extremely in. sensitive to bringing homegrown talent yeah, and growing reaching homegrown out. talent. Yeah. But she said to me, Danielle, it's okay not to want to work with assholes. It's your money you're putting in. Yeah. You're building the space. Yep. No one is entitled to that space. Mm-hmm. She's like, and she would say to people who like would be like, why aren't you booking me? And then they were complete jerks to her. Right. She would say, did you put millions of dollars into this venue? Right. Right. No one, this is a, not a public. Yeah. And everyone, everyone seems to owe you <laughs> something. Right. Yeah. 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 Exactly. That you put zero into. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. It's and the I... people that complain about free stuff. <laughs> you get some for free and then they want to bash. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, the, when, uh, so be- long before you got here, cause I'm so old. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Totally. <laughs> was, uh, so we grew up at the, the old giggles days, right? Yes. Right. So that's, I watched the documentary. Did you? So, you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a completely different planet, right? Mm-hmm. So, so proc, I remember going up at proc and then having a good set, yeah. feeling good about yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. and everybody's very supportive totally. and it's very Seattle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
and then we would go to giggles mm-hmm. and some dude said boo kill yourself homo yeah, and i was yeah, like yeah. thank you sir i right. didn't need, i didn't this joke was not ready i did need that <laughs> feedback i do need to work on right. this yeah, right yeah uh-huh. and like drug addicts would be like boo you suck yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. like junkies mm-hmm. right totally and so you just got and so the cream would rise you know what i mean so yeah. really you yes, got good yeah and that is a difficult room yes. uh, i imagine and and i like doing difficult rooms too i don't like putting new women who were afraid to go up in the first place in front of that crowd because that's the shit that they deal with daily already already right right. that they're like walking down the street and have to deal with that shit so the safer space for me i think this is the point is that men don't have to deal with that constantly on a daily basis maybe you're a person of color you do you know maybe you're queer you do but like straight white dudes walk around the world and the world is fairly safe for them already so that room that cub is already safe for them. Right. So, I put it, I, I went out there, put myself on stage and presented myself. Yeah. And then somebody said, boo, homo. Like, oh, okay. That was hurtful. Right. But I don't go out in public and everywhere I go is like, what's up, homo? What's yeah, up, homo? What's exactly. up, homo? Whereas if no. you're a woman, every guy's like, what's up, girl? What's right. up, girl? Exactly. Up, girl? Yeah. So you're just exhausted. Like, oh, here's one exhausted. more place so where I'm getting this. It was just this. like, I wanted to create a professional environment mm-hmm. in which people could go on stage and the audience, I would say, there's no heckling, which people, clubs say that. Mm-hmm. There are lots of clubs of course. <laughs> that yeah. are like. It's the first thing the host says. Exactly. Yeah. Don't talk during the show. Right. These people are coming here to work. Right. 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 And, yeah. and that's what I, you I came, came here to enjoy. Did right. you come here to enjoy? Exactly. Shut your mouth. And yeah. so I ran a professional mic and people right. were not used to that. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, you're stopping the, the that's what it heckling. was. You were running it professionally. Yes. That's what the distinction was. Mm-hmm. Is we we're so used to haphazard. Say whatever the hell you want. Bro. Right. That, totally. That mm-hmm. now, but that's now you see what I'm saying is that yeah. you created something mm-hmm. involuntarily mm-hmm. And, and, and you it, it's it's become I think the best of everything. Mm-hmm. I think it's 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 taken only a few years. So now in three years, it's become something new that you mm-hmm. intended. But mm-hmm. I feel like this is better. Right. Is because we would see a lot of comics that mm-hmm. um, would would go up at the underground yeah. and then you know do okay mm-hmm. and then go to giggles and get crushed mm-hmm. and then immediately start bashing giggles. So right. it was like it was like teams, yeah. right? No. And then those mm-hmm. comics yeah, disappear. Right. It's like if, no, it's because you weren't good enough. You, you don't want to be partisan as yeah. a comedian. You want to be able to play to every room. You got to be able to play to every room. You got to be able and to so play to every room. Whenever we would hear comics that would people people be like, yeah, I heard giggles blah 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 I was like oh who'd you hear from this guy yeah that guy's terrible you know yeah, why I said that exactly. is because he went and couldn't thrive yes so he's going for the easy stuff exactly right? it's a little bit like Trump where he's like I'm not winning I'm gonna take this risk board that I set up and all of my little men aren't doing what they need to do I'm gonna flip it and be like this is rigged starting over yeah it's rigged with Donald I- Trump yeah, okay, Donald Trump. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the other Trump. Uh, uh, Oprah. Trump. Yeah, no, 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 totally. There's another one. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the Trump in Seattle comic. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, no, but like that—that that if they couldn't do well at the womb, they were like, "Oh, this is rigged. It's because I can't do the jokes that I want to do." So now I must bash, and that's always the impression that I got. Whenever I'd hear that, it would, it, it, I heard the same thing as like giggles people. When I heard mm-hmm. people be like, "Yeah, the womb sucks," I was like, mm, "You didn't mm-hmm. do well, did you? Because you were probably bad." Right, you know totally. I mean? yeah. Didn't know what you were doing. No, nope. probably went in arrogantly and didn't totally. try to cater to the probably crowd. Probably misgendered someone in the audience yeah because yeah. <laughs> that is that, i was like eventually well. i started like t- kind of like tutoring people i'd be like don't say ma'am or sir to my audience because you're there's a bunch of gender queer people mm-hmm. in there and you're not going to know immediately what they are mm-hmm. so you don't say mm-hmm. what they are i please don't talk to my audience like mm-hmm. sometimes i would just be like don't talk to my audience mm-hmm. and uh but the audience doesn't talk back either so no, it's kind no, of no exactly it is it's, it's like an open understanding exactly yeah and i would let the professionals at the end i would say when i would introduce say or i would talk to the host i'd say you know let the audience know that 
the professional communities at the end might interact with them because they're professionals and they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. My open micers who've never done comedy before right, right. are not qualified to talk to right. an audience that I brought. Okay, that's fantastic. That's outrageous. That's exactly the way it should be. Right, exactly. Yeah. You don't you don't get to talk to them. You don't get to riff right. and 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 send cuz I had people not come back yeah, yeah. for misgendering or mm. like accidental yeah, casual yeah. homophobia or uh, transphobia or casual racism, right? People would be like, I don't feel comfortable here anymore. And so at the very beginning of the show, I'd always say, if you don't feel comfortable with something, one of my comedians said, they're my comedians because I have said they're okay to be on this stage. Mm -hmm. Come talk to me and I will talk to them. Do they though? Yeah. Oh, my audience? Yeah, because you tell them that it's okay. No, I mean, yeah, you tell them it's okay. Mm -hmm. But it's also... Oh, I I would get people coming to me all the time and then I would talk to that comedian and that comedian would be pissed at me for like talking to them but then they would come back later and be like you know what you're right mm. in front of that audience that joke didn't work that's and, good that they, but yeah. but you want to give them a buffer zone you, right. you don't you want that to. you don't want the audience member to talk to that comic because that comic's going to come back being like this is my freedom this is my joke but right? that's that's missing the point too is that your jokes could probably be phrased differently or, or done right yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. what you have to understand but so that's you're... great that they start off mad and come back and appreciate that. oh totally yeah but and, that's mm-hmm. that's what's hard for me to wrap my head around too is that because there's so many people and mm-hmm. so again misgendering somebody stuff like mm-hmm. that it happens yeah, you know it what i mean like what do you do oh Oh God, it's one of those things, right, right? Exactly. But but so you, it's it's weird to me that somebody would get uber upset about that. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? And not to not to right. slam them. Totally. But like, here's a good example: is that I have a I have a joke about about accidentally showing up at a gay or, or going to the wrong club, mm-hmm. meeting some friends in, yeah. in Key West, and ending up in a gay club. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so after uh, after a show one time, you know how it is where an audience member comes up. So two people come up, a couple. Yeah. And we're like, well, we we found that offensive. And right. I was like, that was an incredibly silly joke and super fun. Right. You know exactly. I mean? yeah, like, yeah, gays yeah. are super fun. I don't understand what you're mm-hmm, offended mm-hmm. by. And I was like, I'm sorry. Are you are you homosexuals? Or like, mm-hmm. no. A couple, right? And it was yeah. like, no. I was like, are you are you parents? Mm-hmm. Oh, you know of a gay or lesbian teen? Yeah. You know? And then I was like, asked some questions. Like, wait, are you are you city councilman? I don't understand. Where's this? Where? Why are you offended? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and now I'm, I'm getting agitated. Yes, because, exactly. Because you feel mm-hmm. even if even if you said like, no, that was a good joke, and, I'm, and this person was offended by it. Yeah. You're like whatever, that person's a moron. You yeah. still go home and not feel great. No, you know what exactly. Because I mean? you're yeah, a sensitive yeah. person, you're a caring person. You're like, I wonder what I did to really hurt that person's feelings. But even though there was like, what did I say? Because so right. some mm-hmm. people that are dum dums will get. Yeah, defensive, super immediately defensive. super defensive. Exactly. I wasn't defensive. I was trying to engage like you. I'm trying yeah. to engage with them and mm-hmm. be like, what part of this hurt totally. your feelings? I don't understand right. why you went out of your way to make me miserable. Right. I didn't tell them I'm going to go home and scream into my pillow out of fury, right? right. Yeah, but yeah. I'm like, but like, mm-hmm. no, that, that hurts me because I, my intent was not that everybody else was exactly. saying great show and then not get your, and all, there's, I just didn't. And it's f- the one, that's the one opinion that matters to you, unfortunately. That's the one opinion that matters and it was yes. the most pointless one, right? Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing they're like furious and all of a sudden, uh, 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 two people in the front row come over as a guy and his boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And it was like we thought that was fantastic. We were in Key West. We know exactly what club you're talking about. That was so right, fun. Exactly. And I was like, oh well, my god. I was like, I would have gone home miserable totally. if you would not say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could just smirk at them and be like, I'm sorry. Are you still offended by mm-hmm. something that you just wrapped around in your own head? Right. So that's why it's it's uh, and people uh, being offended for other people in different groups on behalf of on other behalf groups, of other people. That's a very Seattle thing bonkers. too. It's so Seattle. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so bizarre. Yes. So. I didn't realize you had that level of dialogue. I knew people came to you and bitched. I mean, yeah. that's very mm-hmm. clear. Totally. It's, it's, I've, 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 I knew that, right? Yeah. But I didn't realize you kept that dialogue open. Open. And, to grow. And right, it. exactly. And say, hey, like, I would t- I would wait till the next day, too. Like, I wouldn't necessarily talk to them right away because it's so... I've walked off stage to, to criticism before, and you're just like... Ah, that hurts. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're just like, I, I didn't ask you. Right, right. Uh, I didn't ask you. <laughs> but... um. That's what I was like. That's a mediated room so that there was a buffer zone between the comic and the audience so that there was someone who cared enough to say, hey, I hear you. 
I understand. And then moderate it in my head and be like, they wanted their point to be heard. That makes sense. Exactly. And like everybody wants to be heard. Sometimes everybody wants to be heard. That's the exactly. And so the audience members don't get a voice in that room. Mm hmm. Because they just have to listen all the time. Mm-hmm. And I would often say, you know, if you don't find something funny, don't yell at the stage. Silence is a comic's kryptonite. Yeah. Yeah. That's the exactly. one way you can let them know that you don't think that's funny. Exactly. There was, um, uh, I try to explain to people because people have these, these bizarre concepts of comedy, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, when, when comedy, uh, there was an open mic. It just it was a series of events. You know how mm-hmm. it happens where you just mm-hmm. see something that mm-hmm. you have to confront. And so Dave and Angela at laughs had to had to create a rule at open mic saying no rape jokes. Right. Which of course every comic's wow. like, oh come on, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. everything should be open game. But the point was, Dave and Angela like, you think we want to do this? Dave's like, I'm furious that I have to do this. But that was the idea. Was yeah. that uh, it's like it's a, it's a sports thing where if you have like one knucklehead player like yeah. Randy Moss and totally. pain in the ass, right? Mm-hmm. Is is uh, uh, if you have a structure in place, mm-hmm. then that player has to follow that structure. Yeah. But if you give another dumb dumb to bounce their opinions off of, mm-hmm. now you got two knuckleheads mm-hmm. facilitating the other being like, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. And now you've got two people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Whereas if you are part of the team, yeah. then you work within the structure of the team. Totally. And so, it, and so they said, uh, so basically they created this new, and when I went there and I was like, yeah, I took a date one time and I was like, I will never bring another woman no. to one of these again. Totally. Because mm-hmm. it was every, every young, every second every joke. young, every young dude thinks mm-hmm. it's so funny to talk about his junk. And it's Ugh. because they have, and, and, and really they're, they're making light of it because they're, they're, they think shock is what gets right and it's attention. not shocking anymore is the thing they, they, no one told them it's hack and they that's did, what the, yeah they, they didn't get the memo yeah it's like the old seinfeld thing does that affect does that uh, 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 does that uh, um um hurt you as a person no it hurts me as a comedian yes <laughs> exactly just, the worst part is you're being hacky and stupid totally. and you obviously have no perspective on rape because that's why you think it's hilarious to joke about as a subject, right, right exactly and i never ever banned rape jokes i banned uh using rape as a weapon and that's that's exactly it. Is I could not have been more proud of like comedy community, right? Yeah. Is that so? Basically, it was, and so, um, like you said, the silence, right? Mm-hmm. Is because uh, laughs is a well-run club, yeah. just like yours, where the, the, where the audience is professional. Mm-hmm. Like you created a professional room mm-hmm. on your own account, not intentionally, but yeah. you created mm-hmm. in, a structural place. Yeah. So. Um, after that, so now Dave even came out and said, there are no more rape jokes. Yeah. That's the end of this mm-hmm. conversation. Totally. Right? About six six uh, comedians later are some out-of-town guests who are yeah. phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And two of them back-to-back did phenomenal rape jokes. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that mm-hmm. was a point was showing, no, no, no. Here's from the perspective of the victim. Exactly. Here's how you craft and here's how you broaden the conversation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was also a way to punk all the young open micers yeah. to be like, no, no, no. You are not allowed to discuss exactly. this issue because you're a knucklehead and you have no idea what you're talking Danielle about. Danielle Radford has a really great joke about a little tiny man giving her a pill. Oh. To make her eyes better because yeah. she wore glasses at an, at an open mic, right? Uh, and it's like, you're just going to walk up on me and like give me a rohypno and yeah, just yeah. think I'm going to take it? Yeah, like, yeah. that's like the laziest rapist ever, right? That's a funny. Guy, one time I did that. Danielle never lets it go for me. <laughs> no. But She's yeah, the like, sweetest. Yeah. She, so, yeah, it was just like that. Like, Wanda Sykes has a joke about wishing her vagina was detachable so she could go for a jog in case she meets up with a rapist she can be like eh, sorry let's go home yeah, dude like talking unavailable. about these Brilliant. issues are super important exactly. and that's why my room wasn't a censorship room it was a punch up not down room you're not allowed to use people as butts of your joke anymore like now what do you have yeah 
I think I think that was a major misperception that people thought it was a censorship room. Right. You can't talk about this. You can't. Totally. Like, no. A clean room, too. They thought it was a clean room. I'm like, no, because uh, yeah. women aren't allowed to talk about sex. A lot so, of people had that perception, too, right. which is crazy. No, no clean... you're allowed to swear. You're allowed to talk about your body because people we're not allowed like to do PG, it. People thought you were like a PG. Yeah, no, exactly. No, no. You, go, <laughs> like, you actually go down not, there. Not and you're jokes. like, Yeah, no, you could okay. do whatever. It wasn't, you, it wasn't a clean room. It wasn't a censorship room, but it was asking more okay. of the comics. Right, right. Which is the way it should be. And that's that's the idea. Is yeah. that, how mm-hmm. about you be better? Exactly. Instead of lashing out at everybody else, how right. about you just be better and show up? And I'm Canadian, so I can't actually remove your freedom of speech. Right. And you give second, third, third four chances. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> yes, I, gave, yeah. I gave some people a lot way of chances. Than they probably and did. some people, they stepped up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And some of them are like really funny now. And right. like, because they had to work that muscle. And sometimes, yeah, I know they're shitting in other rooms. But the thing about the comedy womb for me was giving... Dudes who normally don't get to be around women. <coughs> I'm not crying. I'm just I'm talking for too <laughs> yeah, long. You something got you there. Um, an opportunity to be equals with someone and see someone as a person. That's... And that shifted. I mean, if you're a young dude and you get the opportunity to work with women as people instead of having to like be in a room where like you're being aggressively told to go hit on that girl. Right, right. Who's a comic, who's your colleague. Like right. I was like very much... Uh, like no fraternization in my room necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, if it's equal grounds, mm-hmm. if later you decide you want to go date or whatever, cool, no right, big deal. Right. But in my room, you treat each other like colleagues professionally. No Jaeger bombs at the bar. And- right. I had to, this ugh, this one guy, he was a comic. I haven't seen him in a long time. He was on a date with a woman and he was standing next to the door waiting for his turn and his date was drunk and he was trying to give her another drink. And she was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm good. I'm done. I, I'm, and she was drunk, so drunk that I was like, Ugh. and he was like trying to force another drink on her. And I was like, what are you doing, dude? And he was, I'm like, she's saying no. He's like, oh, come on. She just has to. I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. This room is like, if someone says no, you listen to their no. And I took the drink and I gave it to my host. How did he not know? It's the structure of the room, though. That's right. So well, because that that That's... wasn't stage related. That was him on a date being an asshole, right? And I policed that, that, and he was pissed at me. He it's... was pissed, but I was like, "This it's... woman is drunk. You're trying to force a drink it's on still her." Still in that environment. Ooh, like, yeah, no, like totally. A, I, I, it was I was like a battered women's shelter, and so... somebody walked in, and be like, "What's up, girls?" Everyone yeah. walks out, I was like, "What are you doing?" Exactly. Like, I don't know. We're out on the street. Right. You're right outside the door. Totally. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. No, it was so. And I mean, like, but people got mad at me for like policing interactions, and I was like, "No, this is a safer space because this." I like walked, I walked a dude off the stage once because maybe he just pissed me off. He was a professional comedian who mm. I gave time that didn't exist to. Mm. And he tried to take more time. Okay. You know what though? That's, that's good that you, yeah, exactly. And unfortunately you take, you take criticism for that. Yeah, no, for sure. Of course. Which and is, I mean, reasonably so, reasonably so. Eh, I don't know. I just, I, I got to a, a point where I was just like, at the very beginning, I didn't know what I was doing because I hadn't produced comedy before. Right. So I was taking everybody's advice. Oh, right, And right. two years That's in. Hard. That's super hard. Right. Yeah. Two years in, I was like, you know everybody's what? Everybody's got suggestions. I know what I'm doing because I've been running this thing mm-hmm. and I've been running three, four, five shows a week. Right. So you, now you construct your own rules. And exactly. How you and it. and I am comfortable taking the criticism and defending my choices now. Right. So when I walked that dude off the stage because he not only insulted my audience, mm-hmm. but also ignored the light four times. Right. And I'd given him time that he had asked for because he was coming from out of town. Right. And when I walked in front of him and I said, get off my stage right now, mm-hmm. uh, the audience cheered. 
Right. And right. he walked off. Yeah. And he was pissed at me. And he was talking. He's like, I'm never going to be allowed on this stage again. And being a child. And, well, and it's man. fair. It's fair. Because that's a harsh way to walk someone off. It's like, but I don't have music to play off. I don't mm. have a hook. Right. 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 And if you ignore my light, you're also saying, this woman, pff, she doesn't fucking know. She, and she, like, he, he was like, Danielle's giving me the light. And I was like, no. Yeah. I need people to know that this is my room and I am in control here yeah. because otherwise everything falls down. Yeah. That happens to celebrities too. So that, so you did the right thing. I've, I've heard celebrities tell stories where they're like, I totally disobeyed the rules. Totally. Right. They've mm-hmm. never been invited to the back, no matter how many mm-hmm. movies I do. Right. And they're totally in the right. You know what I mean? Right. A professional knows better. A chump is going to be like that room. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. But yeah, no. And he apologized after he was oh, like, I'm really, Oh no. Yeah. Okay. I was like, he, so was, you like, he tried to apologize to me right away, but I was going up after him and yeah. I was like, I am going up right after you do. Yeah, you right. go upstairs and think about it. And if you, you actually think about what you did, cause you're a mom. I'm about such what you a did. <laughs> and I was like, and if you feel like you actually want to apologize, right. cool. If you don't, if you don't. feel, if you feel like you're giving me an apology because you feel bad right now, that's not what I no, want. You exactly. need to know. Yeah. Explain yeah, to me totally. why and, you understand. And yeah. like, I still have people like walking up to me being like, did you walk a guy off a stage? Oh, that's, what you're known for. Like, that's, what, that's what you're known for. I'm like once I did that once. Yeah. But it's because you're so sweet. You should be like, yeah, absolutely. We made up for it because he screwed up. Right. That's no, bad, totally. Right? Yeah. There was a comic that, um, so real quick, cause I want to have a couple more questions. But, um, uh, back when the landscape was different, when when giggles folded, mm-hmm. right? So now it's laughs in the underground. You know what yeah, I mean? It was just uh-huh. a completely different. La- Tacoma was yeah. around. It was just very the Tacoma underground. Around. It was exactly two club bipartisan. Yeah, exactly, mm-hmm. and giggles basically raised us. Yeah. Right? Gig- yeah. uh, um, la- uh, laughs became our surrogate parent, yeah. but giggles is where we spent every weekend. It mm-hmm. was just like our parents dropping us off on a yeah. Wednesday, mm-hmm. picking us up on a Sunday, right? Totally. So just every moment spared. There's just like Jai Tai is now. Just yeah. every moment spared there. Mm-hmm. So when it disappeared, we we're like like a bunch of orphans. Like right, what, what do now? you do? Mm-hmm. So that's how I. Got Got into producing, not because I was like, because when I found out people exactly. were producing rooms because they want to get on stage, mm-hmm. which is what you did. Yeah, you know what I mean? totally. I was the opposite. Yeah. I was, I was, I wanted a place where me and my friends could play. Right. Well, you and I mean my friends too, but exactly. I didn't. We didn't have a lot of friends. Exactly. I wanted to build friendships. Build for, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to be more than just me. But I also people who were like, oh, you did it. Uh, an altruist, there's no such thing as an altruist. You love comedy. You're right, not right, doing right. it because you exactly. don't to make money. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> no. yeah. Well, that's why people say, why don't you do it? I was like, you think I would have stopped if it was making money? No, I'm no. not going to do that anymore. Uh-uh. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't, uh-huh. yeah. Yes, uh, yeah. You know the drill. Totally. But that was, we, so same thing, a, a comic ha- had one of the most abrasive and aggressive walk-off. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I've had comics that I love walk people like mm-hmm. Tyler Smith walked a bunch of people to show hilarious Tyler's mm-hmm. awesome it was mm-hmm. fantastic mm-hmm. so many great comics you know what I mean walk people just feels like yeah it wasn't your sensibility we get it right. but the rest of the audience is like we loved it you know what mm-hmm. I mean yeah. so it's just fun as far as, right this person I was like no 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 every person here I need to give their money back to and, yes. and it ended up costing us the room mm-hmm. so a room that I had run for exactly a year yeah. and a half that every comic loved because mm-hmm. they would go and do their open mic sale and they come yep. to this one and they, 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 the bar gave us free access mm-hmm. we had the whole mm-hmm. playroom we could yep. go into doors they yep. gave us whatever we wanted Exactly. It was the best playroom. People experimented. Yes. You know what I mean? They tried yeah. new characters, stuff they totally. never tried before. Yeah. It's the best environment. Mm-hmm. And this one comic destroyed it for everybody yep. because the bar said, "We love you. We love what's been going on. We've never had that many uh, uh, complaints. complaints." And it was a hundred, right? So then right. At, exactly. a, at a holiday party, mm-hmm. everyone's just kind of like tense. You know what I mean? So I was yeah. like, "Oh, they're both here." Because mm-hmm. I didn't. And again, I'm not a trash talker. You know what I mean? I, when, when I talk trash to people's faces, that's yes, exactly. Oh no, if I have a concern with someone, I will message them right. and, and be like, "Hey, I I really like you as a person. Let's talk about this." Yeah. I. I don't call people out as a general rule because I don't like to be called out. But yeah. But I will call them in. I will be like, hey, here's what's going on. That shitty thing you did. 
I love you. Yeah, I did, and I, that was a shitty thing you did. Which is great. You reach out. I don't. I'm just oh, like, there's right. no. Yeah, yeah, I'm just. I'm very vindictive. It's a bad. It's a bad part of my personality. No, I mean, but it was. But I was also when people. But again, when people were asking me what happened because this, they were booked for that room the next month. And right. I'm like, Sorry, can't pay you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. So people ask me the question, what am I supposed to say? I blew it. No. So no. I was like, this guy blew it. Yeah. This guy blew it for everybody, and I mm-hmm. wanted everyone to know. Totally. Never trash talked him. No. I was like, he did. He did all the trash talking for me. Right. The people that were there saw it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the fact mm-hmm. that we lost a room from him being for so one awful, set. Yeah. Wow. One set. It was that. Ooh. Much of an atom bomb, right? Oh, yeah. And there's a few comics over there I can tell you about it. They're like, oh yeah, I watched it and it was horrendous. After uh, this is over, Mike you Cummings to had to me. save the room. Mike Cummings had to save the room. Mm, Mike Cummings, I know Mike Cummings, yeah, Mike yeah. Cummings came next mm-hmm. and was just kind of like, "How's everybody doing?" The exact opposite of Mike's usual persona. Right, exactly. He was like, no, yeah. Because you know, gonna, you know what yes. you're supposed to do to get the crowd back. He's like, "Everyone have fun. You get, you got a good drink. Let me tell you some fun little jokies exactly. here." Exactly. Right? You know, and, no, and that's what a co- good comic exactly. does is they know and how kept, to like yeah. bring it down and and bring it back. Kept the rest of the room, right? And this, and so, and so we got this at now we're at a at a comics holiday party. Mm-hmm. Right, and they were like, "I think you and I got some things to talk about." I was like, "I have nothing to talk about." And immediately, ever you can see all the comics gather around, like, "Oh, here we go." You know what right. I mean? Right. Because as a man, you know what I mean. It's a different conversation. It is a different conversation. You know I mean? I've had that conversation with people, and like, I eventually gave up the room because I was too scared to go and be yeah. in the same place. It's a every you're, Tuesday. You're, 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 you're a tiny little lady. You right. know what I mean? Well, like, and I'm, you don't I need somebody like hunched tough. over you. You are I'm tough. T- but you have a but great personality, but nobody's... The hunched. patriarchy and the misogyny and like Six people dudes being... hunched over anyone. A UFC fighter is going to be up, uncomfortable in that situation. Right, exactly. Know? Well, yeah. and, and that... Um, no one's gonna ever take me seriously. Right. You know what I mean? And like that's... I have to fight twice as hard for people to take me seriously. Exactly. You would have to fight twice as hard as I would. And people exactly. just accept violence against women. Right. So right, if right. someone came down and shot me at my club, which I for a little while was afraid of. Yeah. Which I Which is crazy. And I, you know, yeah. like it's like, oh, that's a conspiracy theorist. But like I remember a guy bring cupcakes down once and I was like what if they're poisoned? Yeah. Because of this thing that I'm doing. Unfortunately, you have to think like that because right, people are but... so threatened. Ugh, well, that's so another, yeah. That's another thing I didn't but but that was Point being, yeah, is that I, I was like, same as you was like, let you tell me what your perspective is. Let me tell you my perspective, right? Exactly. And we'll see who's right because right. I don't want to say he say she say. Let nope. me list out the facts. Totally. And the person said, I think I'm starting to see things your way. Mm-hmm. How about I'll do two rooms for you for free? I'm like, well, again, now you're putting me once again. It's not a money thing. You're putting me back in the. Yeah, you know no. What I mean? You're like, like I don't. How we don't work together, and it's yeah. okay. But we we patched it up. They you did. did? It was oh, great. that's exactly. Awesome. I gave that's him one awesome. room. I was like, see, he was, you know, but again, damage has been done. So the, people don't see how hard it is to produce and put shows on. They it. do not. And how many stupid little wild cards destroy. Everything. everything for a year and a half we're packing out 60 to 80 people every week after yeah. week after mm-hmm, week mm-hmm. and then one set yep, totally. demolishes everything right. exactly and I'm like why am i in this position why am yep. i in this position? i just want to yes. have a fun place where we can hang yep. out and tell some jokes totally know I mean? yeah so it's it's uh, uh um i don't think people truly appreciate what you've put in Mm-mm. you know what, what producing is in general no but how much like you said in emotional energy or as well right of managing these little things where i had zero patience i'm like i'm not gonna start another room oh right I'm exactly done, you know? and i would i would talk to people like i would get if you look at my Facebook message history of all of the comics that I've been talking to that I had to like, you know, like welcome back, invite back because yeah. I, I like missed them and like they, right, right. they needed to hear or like people who had been slightly jerky and I had to talk to them. It's right. like the emotional labor involved in running Massive an open mic labor. and wanting people to be as funny as they possibly can be. And you're, yeah, it's like, I'm trying to make you better and funnier. Why are you making this difficult? Why right. are you hurting yourself? Ex- yeah, you're a better person than I am. But that's the other thing that uh, if I think... 
honestly, a lot of people are threatened by it because imagine like giggles was people like, I just wasn't good enough to buy like, yeah, giggles. So they would just kind of passively mm-hmm. talk to me and be like, giggles isn't great. It's like, yeah, you weren't great. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Whereas you are a face mm-hmm. giggles. If, you know, right. if giggles had a face, I was a real they'd person. Be like, You're a real person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So giggles is arbitrary. Like, right. hey, yeah, that place sucks. People are like, no, Danielle's bad. Because yeah. now they can put a face yeah, to totally. their Cause discomfort. Cause I actually like talk to them as a person. Yeah. yeah their no. actual discomfort. And that's, Brutal. I think why I, when I handed it off, I decided to hand it off to a group of people right to have so they had each other oh yeah yeah because there's, i didn't have anybody yeah there's times exactly yeah that's exactly what you do is when when we have a group of people work on stuff we just keep passing the buck intentionally right. not not to not to punk the other person right just to be like just keep passing around till they get tired totally you know or I mean? third, or that time, that yeah. you have another person to be like hey i was there when that happened right. and you have a support structure so like well there's and, times where nam will be like when we book shows. Nam. yeah we'll be i love nam we'll be booking shows and nam will be like hey uh this person is really not strong but they've been hitting me up hard just tell them to send me a message and tell them I don't like them. He's like, seriously? I was like, yeah, tell them I don't care for them. I'm like, yeah, I have no problem being the bad right. guy. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I, did, I didn't like, have a bad guy. Yeah. I was just good, you needed cop, a, good you know, cop. You needed, you needed a bad guy. Yeah, I needed a bad guy. <laughs> and um, so now when I'm co-producing, because I, I co-produce new shows, right? I'm, I'm co-producing a show with Shannon Coyano. I mean, not that she's a bad cop, but um, she <laughs> yeah. like it's nice to have another person she's to be like. She's a tough like, mom, though. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, a tough yeah. mom. Yeah, we're and we're both moms. Mm-hmm. Like we're both moms. We're both in relationships that are different than other people's relationships, and we both love comedy to a fault Mm -hmm. that we like we gave up some of our relationships Mm -hmm. for that Mm -hmm. like i don't put my children to bed anymore and i didn't and i gave up my this is the thing where you're like you give up everything Everything. and then when you have to give up the actual show that you built it's so crushing soul crushing because you're like it it was for me i put everything into that show I put my marriage into that show. I put my children's bedtimes into but it that feels show. Like, but it feels like you raised it to be 18 and leave the nest, Oh, you didn't you? know. that. I mean, totally. And I got to end up producing The Moth. Like, the day right. that I left the, the womb was the day that I got The Moth right. job. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I got but to produce. But the process still? The process of, I didn't feel that I was, was done doing what I wanted to do uh, with it. Like, I wanted to produce bigger shows. So you didn't feel like you developed it as much as you could? Well, have. I developed it. It's, it's a solid show that but will But you didn't last. develop into what you thought it could be no, as ultimate Right, exactly. Because mm. I remember I did those shows with, like, the big names and mm-hmm. stuff and I did six months of them and they mm-hmm. were great and I, that is where I wanted to be I wanted to create another level of scaffolding for the, the comics the women and the queer people coming out of the womb so that they had another step to go to mm-hmm. right like 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 a comedy club right right right, right? that was right. my eventual goal right and so when I felt unsafe doing it and I couldn't do it anymore I felt like a failure right but I gave it to seven people who were just like badasses and then when um something happened and uh like people were still coming to me. They still give you a call. They were still giving me a call when other people were running it. And I was just like, Hey, you should change the name and then take it on. And it's your show. Oh, and it's that's no what the longer. Name was about. Yeah, so the, it, it dis- okay. I it was, you. it was, it was that it's not my show right, anymore. Right. That People it belongs can transition to them. That in their minds. Exactly. It's oh, like, okay. I, I have nothing to do with the nest. Gotcha. I have nothing. I mean, aside from the fact that I built up that right. whole comedy scene in the rendezvous. Right. Um, I have nothing to do. It's their show. Mm-hmm. They make the decisions. Um, if someone tells me about something that happens in the nest, I'm like, talk to the producers because right, yeah. that is their show. Yeah. And it belongs to them, and it's not my not my that's, penguins, not my pageant anymore. That's great to know, but it's kind of like being like, "Hey, so Verizon screwed me on my bill. Do I look like Sprint? Call Verizon. Why exactly, I, why totally, you, yes, yeah, exactly." And and I trusted funny. those people, and right. I still trust them, and I think they're doing a phenomenal job of 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 using the 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 thing that I built. Yeah, yeah. 
and to do their own thing and like they're doing it differently and it's it's not like what i ran which was like very womb like Mm -hmm. which was like i was a mom and Mm -hmm. i was constantly like sheltering comics they're much more like collegial Mm -hmm. like i was a mom and they are like colleagues and they're building it together and comics are like children they require structure right exactly yeah Yeah. and so the structure is different and i love the nest and i and i will go there um you know once or twice a month and just like see that this thing is still happening right, 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 right. and it's so yeah, cool and I don't right. have to do anything. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, it, and like they run a yeah. really great show yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. I'm just like so impressed by them all of the time. That's and, the best. and, and I, and I, I still, I don't just walk in and like ask to go up. I, I message them like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Hey, if you have a space and if they are to say no, I wouldn't get mad because it's their show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't belong to me. I don't get some special privilege because I built the room. Isn't that crazy? Don't you wish some people would, understand that (laughs) (laughs) you get special treatment i don't get special treatment in my room exactly yeah yeah yeah. no you don't that's funny everyone's so entitled right yeah yeah yeah. i feel like if we just got rid of that entitlement and had to prove ourselves all the time that we would be better people the entitlement is the worst and i think that's what you created you did create something where that entitlement has now been removed yes you it's you actually did create an actual meritocracy Mm -hmm. where it's like let's make you the best version of you yes yeah okay let's bring this in what's new what's next um so uh i had two new shows which i'm super stoked about like I, I produce the moth and that sells out and I don't have to do any work. I mean, I do a lot of work, but mm-hmm. it's not pr- promoting work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. Um, but I started this show at Laughs Comedy Club. Angela was like, I want to get more women producers in here because mm-hmm. that's important to me because I want to see what the difference is between, you know, us mm-hmm. producing a show and having producers in. So she said monthly, uh, I'm doing a comedic storytelling show called Do Tell. Cool. The third Sunday of the month. Nice. And it's people having to, you know, take the stand up out of it and mm. just tell that story, mm. which is so much fun to watch comedians. And it's comedians and civilians, which is, I mean, we know that's what comedians call people who are not comedians. M- muggles. Yeah. Yeah. Muggles. <laughs> um, but so it's, it's, it's people that I I've, hate that I know that word. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's people that I've found at the moth who are very funny. Um, who but you're are just taking regular the comedy people. out of it, meaning not No, trying? not take the comedy out of it. Take the stand up out of it. Take the stand up. The jokes. Okay. So you it's you tell a funny story without tagging trying, it without trying. OK, I got you. You know what I mean? So that's really cool because mm. that's part of stand up anyway is mm. if you get a long enough set, you're going to have to tell a story in it because right. 20 minutes of one liners is just exhausting. Right. It's uh, what's it? Um, Dimitri Martin. Uh, right. Louis C.K. The first time I ever saw him. Mm-hmm. He's like he saw him do like a five minute set. And he's like he's like, ah. You're a fastball pitcher. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's like, yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to learn some curves. Totally. <laughs> you like, stretch those if you out. watch That's a Mitch Hedberg hour-long special, yeah. unedited thing, you'll see him telling weird stories oh, about frogs one. and bears. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he doesn't only do one-liners. <laughs> frogs and bears. Yeah, frogs and I want to hear that story. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but I think, and it's a missing skill set, so I'm giving people five to seven minutes to tell okay. a story, okay. come in, um, and then 20 minutes to like a, a stand-up comedian. So, um Emmett and Alicia came out to do like the feature set. It was really interesting because a woman came from Spokane because she'd heard about the show and uh, she saw Emmett and she was like, Emmett Montgomery is on your show. Uh, and I was like, yeah, local uh, celebrity. You, Emmett Montgomery. Right, totally. <laughs> and it was sweet? super cool to sweet? have her be very yeah. excited about yeah. seeing Emmett do this. And him, he's a great storyteller. Alicia Sanchez, great storyteller. Yeah. They have that as part of their set already. They're just engaging people. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to build a sort of like a storytelling movement up in Seattle because yeah. the moth is in New York. Yeah. We're very far away right, right, and right. people here are hungry for stories. Yeah. I think hungry. You're right. I think you're right. Oh, I know they are. Cause yeah. I remember the first time I heard uh, John Mulaney 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Mulaney and Tig Notaro both have like 10, yes. 15 minute jokes yes. that I would send people that aren't familiar with comedy. Totally. Because I'm like, I know what you think comedy is. This is what I think comedy yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. This 15 minute joke makes me laugh every time. Right. You know what I mean? Stuart Lock Lee. Engage. I don't know Stuart Lee. Oh, you should look up really Stuart Lee. Yeah. He's incredible. He's yeah. British comedian and he does oh, yes, I do know long Lee. form sets oh. where it's just like an hour and you're like, wow. Oh, I do need to watch that. I don't, I'm not, uh, Dwayne Paul Cohn told me so I need to watch him. Yeah. So, I, so I immediately discounted it and was like, no, nah, I'm not watching Oh, sorry. Yeah, no. Dwayne knows nothing. Yes. Stuart I love, Lee. I love him Stuart. so much. Okay, no, he's one of our best yes. friends. Yes. Uh, so, comedy sports. I did. Uh, I did a show there, and yeah. I'm going to be doing it again in uh, November. But that's what it was, and it's because they're improv and we do stand up. Exactly. That there's almost like a cockiness to where like, oh, we're engaging and funny. Like you just mm-hmm. go up and you. But mm-hmm. the audience throws you a word, and then you have to improv yeah. the story. Oh my god! That's my jam. I was racked. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. I was nerve racked. I'm yeah. like, I'm on stage pacing, no. and uh, uh, he, you know, he's, he's buying time for mm-hmm. me, and I'm like pulling hair. Like, what yeah. am I? What are we right. talking about? Why am I blanking? Totally. I cannot think of a single thing to talk about right now. I did it's improv crazy. for four years. Yeah, like I'm trained in improv. So, yeah. um, stand up. I love that. I love. Well, it's because improv people make it look so easy because they're so good. Right. They're so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I once took a workshop at All Jane, which is like the female festival in in uh, Portland mm-hmm. uh, for comedy, mm-hmm. and I went and I, I was turned down my application. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> they don't realize how Some pretty I am. Some things are not fair. They don't realize how Some pretty I am. The world yeah. is not fair. <laughs> it's not always. <laughs> but I, I was writing articles for uh, Wonder and Risk, which was like a a, a Seattle publication at the time and I was doing all these things and, and I went to this workshop for improv and she's this woman from Orange is the New Black Lauren mm. something or other uh, I love Lauren something or other's I work know, I don't yeah. know if you've seen her early stuff her theater work she's so good but <laughs> she's... something or other to her, to her, to her, not her I feel terrible she's never gonna listen to this program right to the, I'm gonna email her oh. anyway but she was she, she, we, I was doing the improv workshop and they threw me something and I ended up doing like this very sad Romanian man who was looking for drugs for his daughter or something like not funny but serious Mm -hmm. and after she was like wow that was really great you're a natural and I let her tell me that I was natural even though I'd had like four years of improv training and four years of theater training and like I was like Thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's awesome. Exactly. But it was really cool. And (laughs) like, I feel like there's an intersection of stand up, improv, sketch, and storytelling that's happening right now. Which is fascinating, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to see. And Seattle is like a hotbed of of trying new things, which is why it's exciting to be here. So, yeah, so I do that do tell storytelling show. And then me and Shannon Coyano just produced our first Odd Babes show. Uh, We brought Jenny Zagrino in. Yeah. And she's fantastic. And it's about getting um, people who have the chops to open for a national headliner in front of a national headliner. So So I build a show. Right. I pay someone. I do like a a little local up top set where it's like people doing three and five and 10 minute set. And then I give the audience a break. It's like a theater show. They go, they have intermission and they come back for like a a solid um, host feature. Yeah. Uh, headliner gotcha. and then and it's like a $1,700 show that I produced yeah, yeah. and me and Shan walked away with $75 that's badass uh, right what? first show American? 100 people $75 American yes, 100 Woo! people out on a Monday night yeah. paid every single person on the show paid the venue paid the photographer paid the poster designer and that's what I want to do I want to make exactly. it lucrative for people right. who stay right, I right, want people to right. stay because I people want will, people will pay when you bring good talent you bring good quality well, and, and good $20 talent, is not too much to ask for a person yeah. who's coming from LA I was or actually from New York. when you saw I RSVP'd I was going to go to that show and yeah. I ended up getting a Tinder date instead oh it's fair, it's fair. <laughs> I could not I could not bring a Tinder date to a comedy show oh it was a great know, comedy show people sure left being fantastic, like but they, oh you could have you could have but I can't you just don't know somebody's sensibilities oh yeah no you could have my shows you can yeah but you can't go on a Tinder date with a person that's like how 
cackling like a hyena in the background. Oh, I see. Yells, what you mean. I, this is a wild card. I almost yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. It looks yeah. like no, you were protecting my show. I was protecting your show. Oh, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, no, oh, you're this totally a wild card. I don't know if this that's a lunatic. Totally fair. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's what fair. What if they have a I, horrible My show wasn't the, the problem was that you didn't know yeah, the person. I was like, I don't yeah. know this person. No, that's totally fair. Yeah, I appreciate it. But I do. I was bummed. I didn't want to say that. Shannon had been talking it up and I was excited for it. Yeah, well, and because our show was so good and we brought 100 people out on a Monday night. The, the venue, which is the Royal Room in Columbia mm-hmm, City, yeah. which has never done comedy before. Now, exactly. Isn't that crazy when you open the door? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they gave us a quarterly show on Saturday nights. Oh, that's fantastic. In the new year. That's and fantastic. I've already got a part and confirmed. And like I'm nice. looking at other people who, who want to come out and try Seattle and like, right. you know, get $1,000 for a quick show. I've got a couple of people for you that you Are you? Yeah. yeah okay. Absolutely. We'll talk about uh, that. His name's Nam. Andy. <laughs> 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 it's it's totally fair because the, the the concept of the show is that it's uh for women people of color queer people and allies always oh, three or four yeah uh-huh. exactly four, yes four yeah. or five he's yeah. four or five it yeah. was funny because yeah. the, there was only one dude on that show it was andy miller which is shannon coyote's right. boyfriend which right. i feel like you yeah. know you're right yeah and yeah. She, she we get to book two people apiece. he's a big lumpy lady he is well, he's the sweetest but he was just it was he did a great job and he let me bring him up jokingly as the token you know what I mean I was like is it okay if I do this and I said now for the inclusive part of our show and I bring up a straight white dude right right? and boo no no one booed (laughs) no I'm kidding I would have booed booed. yes (laughs) yeah but just because it's Andy after the show this woman came up to me and says oh that guy you book was actually funny (laughs) (laughs) that's the best (laughs) anyways he was hilarious you know I'm usually not a fan of male comedians Exactly. But you're good. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's full circle. What a full dream come circle. true. That's fantastic. Yeah. So yeah. So I'm doing those two shows and the moth and like, I mean that's enough. And karaoke, which is like jokes and karaoke and just a oh, ridiculous God. show with Alicia Sanchez. Oh, that is my nightmare. It is oh, hilarious. God. Comedians and karaoke. Oh, I've had enough yeah. of those. No, I I've know. Yeah. Well, those. if you want to watch a comedian fail, it's the place to go. It's totally the place to <laughs> so go. So we do daily. That's what we do daily. That's, our job. <laughs> no, that's totally fair. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so glad you were able to come by. Oh, I got some gifts for you. Gifts. Yeah. Uh, this is from what? our sponsors. Uh, thank you, Beg. This is uh, Trace Minerals Research. This is phenomenal stuff. These Whoa. guys are one of my favorites. So, yeah, I, uh, I usually only recommend this for I'm friends and family. I'm reading non-GMO on here. Already, which is, yeah, that's already totally speaks good. to you, right? Totally. It our does. people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Minerals oh, cool. and some uh, chewies for your uh, for your for your little monkeys. Oh, nice. And awesome. Some. Just like. They love vitamins. Do they really? Good <laughs> well, for them. Yeah, they're Seattle kids, of course. Yeah, they get it. <laughs> this is um, uh, clear. It's non-chemical. Um, oh, yeah, the xylitol, xylitol gum. gum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In uh, Asia, you can't go... You can't buy any gum that doesn't have xylitol. And here you have to oh, hunt it out. Yeah, you, you do. To, no, and even when you buy it, it's fair. still got aspartame in it. You know what yes. I mean? Like oh, I can't. It makes me sick. Aspartame exactly. does. Every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lucky. And then this is a uh, cold and flu season. More trace minerals research power packs for nice. athletes and cold and flu. Awesome. That stuff's like magic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I need magic right now. Cause... I use them for hangovers. But that's just between <laughs> you and me. <laughs> fair. Yeah. Yeah. No, we all have our things. I'd stay up too late. So this is probably going to be perfect for me. That is going to help you. Mm-hmm. That will. Thank you so much for having me, Jeremy. This was really good. Thank you. Hey, wasn't that a great episode? Didn't she? Wasn't that amazing how that came full circle? Um, it was a, it was fascinating to me to learn more about uh, one a friend, but also about something that I thought I knew something about, and really hearing the way behind it. Because I can't even imagine Danielle's role, where you're the face of something bigger than yourself. So every piece of criticism, undeserved or not, is dumped on you. Uh, that that sucks. But she's taken it on, and she's she's taken it, she's molded it, and she's created something that's very much her own, and something that people are. Very 
very much attracted to and it's a it's I'm, i couldn't be more proud of her for that that's fantastic so i hope you enjoy this episode it's just fun for us to get inside baseball inside comedy so hopefully you're into that too uh and i also want to thank our sponsor trace minerals research uh, once again so simple and easy go to our website go to our store uh it's it's right there if you are a hardcore health junkie or an athlete then you go get the trace mineral drops number one, number one selling trace mineral drops in the country so right there you know you're dealing with the best uh but if you're not and you're just simple and just want to be like hey i'm a flight attendant i'm a, I'm a pilot I'm a, I'm a nurse i'm around people that are sick or i just kind of get run down well then just get the power pack simple easy give them to teenagers throw them right in your water and and give it to them instead of gatorade it could not be simpler uh, and also while you're in the way uh, in the uh, website become a member be you be, by being a member especially at the uh, um co- community level you'll be getting so many more benefits as as this project goes on we'll be adding so many new things you'll be getting so much access to new stuff all the time so just bear with us and be patient we'll be we'll be building this thing as much as we can and also it's your way of uh, not only getting discounts and everything in our store but it's your way of supporting us and 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 telling us that you like what we're doing and we should keep doing it and uh and so again that was that was uh, our guest daniel gregoire follow her she's got she's got tons of of always always running shows always events um check her out check out one of her shows whenever you get a chance she's always got her fingers in a lot of different pies it's 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 very exciting to watch her grow her empire anyway that's uh we will see you next week with another guest and uh, thank you so much that's number way Everything you know is wrong should be listened to for entertainment purposes only. Although some guests on the show are medical doctors, most are not, and the host is barely even a person. Nothing you hear on this podcast or read on our website should be considered medical advice. Consult your doctor and use common sense before doing anything you might think have a lasting effect on your body, mind, and spirit.